Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. We thank you, Father, for your grace and for your mercy, for your loving kindness. We thank you that we can breathe, God. We thank you that in you we live, in you we move, in you we have our being on today. We thank you, Father God. And Father, I thank you that we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. So Father, through this word on the day, you shall be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. If you would, we're going back to the book of Genesis. Go with me to Genesis 6, 5. Genesis 6, 5. Let's hear what the Spirit of God has to say unto the saints of God. Hallelujah for his word. We honor his word on this morning. Genesis 6, verse 5. New King James Version. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, if you can turn over with me to Genesis 8 verse 21. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imaginations of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. You may be seated. Now, this morning, I want to talk about the heart. I want to talk about the heart. The Lord laid this upon my heart because I believe it's a lot of things that's happening in the churches that's happening around us and The root of these things is the heart. So we need to know about the heart and we need to know um, how it was in the beginning and how did it end up the way it was. And some of y'all might know this because I taught this before, but God is going to teach it again because it's always something that we can get from what we already had. When you look at the heart, when you look at the physical heart, we know that the heart pumps blood to every part of our body. And we know that if our heart stops functioning, then we are dead. And we also know if we have blockages in our heart, our body just don't feel right, right? So we go get it checked out to see what is wrong with me. I'm not feeling my best. But when we look at the heart on a dealing with the spirit, when we go back to the beginning, And how God created man in his own image after his own likeness. Meaning that we were spiritual beings. And being that we were spiritual beings, God gave us a his heart. And his heart is full of his nature. It's full of his love, his kindness, his mercy. That's what his heart is full of. So we know that Adam and Eve, they messed up. 
When God told them not to eat from that tree, and if they ate from that tree of knowledge of good and evil, that they would surely die. Meaning that they would die spiritually, not physically. So we know what had happened. The enemy came in and deceived Eve. When he deceived Eve, they ate from that tree. When they ate from that tree, then they recognized that they were naked. That's when evil came into the world. And that's when the spirit of God left them, which was the life of God, which that spirit that they had in them was full of God's life. It was full of God's nature. It was full of the heart of God. So sin entered. So when you go back and look at Genesis 6, 5, it's telling you what had happened, you know, after the fall. It's saying, then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, meaning that evil, it was so wicked in the earth because of sin and every intent, every imagination of the thoughts of their heart was evil continually, meaning that everything they thought about was evil. Every thought that come to them was evil, meaning that there was a sin nature there. The life of God was no longer there. Their spirit was dead. So the only thing they knew was sin. Now, this is what's happening in the world today. Catch it. People that are not born again, people be wondering, how could they kill? How could they just go in and shoot their family like that? How could they do what they're done? It is because of the heart. It is because wickedness is so great in this earth. Just because you think you know a person, you don't know a person like that. If they have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior for real, y'all. These things are happening upon the earth, so we should not be surprised. This is why God left it up to us. He has given us power. He has given us authority. He has equipped us with what we need to go out and preach, proclaim the good news, the gospel concerning the kingdom of God, concerning God's way of being and doing so These killings, the things that's happening, won't be happening. Now, sometimes you cannot change people. We can't do it. And sometimes people do not accept the good news concerning the kingdom. Sometimes they don't. But we, if we are going out and doing what God is telling us to do, it will help someone. Amen? So we see what had happened in Genesis um, 6 and Genesis 8. And God recognized, he said, the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. So understand, even when you were in your mother's womb, it was sin there. It was sin there. You were conceived in sin. You were shaped what? In iniquity. So this is why it's so important that we raise our children up in the right way, in the way that they should go. Now, this is a verse of scripture that we're familiar with. Jeremiah 17. Verse 9, I'm reading out the expanded Bible. More than anything else, above all things, a person's mind is evil. The heart is deceitful. The heart is devious, crooked, and cannot be healed. Desperately wicked. It is perverse, sick. Who can understand, know it. Now, when we look at that verse, that is not talking about a born-again believer. If anybody is teaching that people heart that are born again is desperately wicked and can't be cured, that's a lie. This is dealing with unbelievers. A unbeliever 
that do not know Jesus, that has not been born again, their heart is desperately wicked, meaning that it's incurable. The only way it can be cured, it can't be cured through a psychiatrist. You can sit on the couch 24-7. They cannot cure a heart that's in that uh, state. The only one that can cure it is God. This is why you have people going through some things that they're going through. And we have to understand that it's people out there that's going through in their minds. They're having problems um, all around, you know, hearing voices, don't know what's happening, don't know why it's happening. And they keep loading them up with medication to calm them down, to keep them. But it's not getting to the root of what's going on with them. This is a mind thing. It's a battle going on in the mind. So the only way it can be cured in verse 10 says, but I, the Lord look into a person, investigate, test the heart and test the mind. So I can decide what each one deserves to give each according to his way, his path. I can give each one the right payment for what he does. God is the only one that can search the heart. God is the only one that know the heart of men, of of women, of children. He knows their heart. No doctor, you know, it's good to sit down and talk about your problems, right? Sometimes you feel good. The more you talk about your problem, you say, the better I feel. But then after you get through talking about your problem, then you feel worse. As long as you're running your mouth and telling people how you're feeling, you think you're feeling okay. But just like he said, The heart, I'm going to read it again. The heart is deceitful. The heart is devious, crooked, and cannot be healed. It's incurable. An unbeliever's heart is incurable. The only way it can be cured is through God. So I want you to hold on to that so people can understand no matter what you do or how you do it, it won't work. There was a woman, I was reading this article, it was this family who paid a lot of money um, for their daughter because their daughter was really going through in her mind. They took her to a psychiatrist, they took her to, you know, different people to help her and they spent all of this money, I think they were spending $5,000 at one time each time they went to different places and it just wouldn't work and they said, I don't understand, she's going to the psychiatrist but it seemed like this is getting worse instead of getting better but when someone introduced her to Jesus things begin to shift things begin to turn around and I'm gonna give you another thing that I read that was a true story it was another man that he beat on his wife and he beat her so bad he put her in the hospital they locked him up he broke out and came to get her again When he came to get her again, if I'm not mistaken, he took the wedding ring that she had on her finger and he was so angry that he took and twisted that wedding ring, broke that, he was, so they had to put him in a maximum security prison. He stayed there for many years. Now, mind you not, neither one of them were born again. So when this man was in prison, this man got his life together. When he got his life together, he went to find his wife. But this time when he went to find her, he didn't kill her. This time when he went to find her, he began to minister to her what he had received. They got married again and she's wearing that ring around a necklace that was broken. See, God is the only one that can cure your heart. No man, no woman can do it. You have to let God do it. 
Don't try to think that, you know, if I marry a man, I'll feel better. If I marry a woman, I'll feel better. Or if I buy all these expensive things, I will feel better. I will have some joy. No, that will not work. So we see that the heart is incurable. When we look at Jeremiah 16, 12, it says, but you have done even more evil harm than your ancestors. Fathers, you are very stubborn and do only what you want to do. Going after your stubborn heart, you have not obeyed. Listen, listen to me. So God said that they were worse than their forefathers. It seemed like every generation changes, doesn't it? Because we would talk about, now when I was growing up, it ain't like it was now. We can go play in the yard, y'all. You can be all over the place from this neighbor house to that neighbor house. But now, you don't want your ch- children all over the place. Because there's so much crime out there. So many things that's happening. So now I understand like when daddy is talking about or sister Mary is talking about how when they grew up it was different from how we grew up. The children wasn't as rebellious as they are now. So each um, generation seemed like the stubbornness. Seemed like the sin gets stronger and stronger and you have little bitty kids cussing you out. You have little bitty kids shooting people, just like we saw on the news, the six-year-old shooting a teacher. Come on, and then it's coming out of the house. Not, you know, not being raised the right way, not being shown the love that they need to be shown at an early age. So this, this sin and these things that's happening is coming through the heart. So we have to, um, you know, work on getting our heart the way it needs to be. And the only way we can do it is through the word by accepting Jesus. And Psalms 51.10, this is a verse of scripture that even Christians be praying to God about. Create in me a pure heart, a clean heart, God, and make my spirit right again. Renew a steadfast, a right spirit in me. This is David praying. But understand that David was praying this because David was not born again. David knew his heart wasn't right. David knew he didn't have the right spirit in him. Now we hear Christians praying this today. That's error. You have the, um, a clean heart in you. You have a pure heart in you. You have a steadfast spirit. You have a right spirit in you. Quit even listening to songs that say this. Because if you're born again and you're repeating that, you are in error. David went through some challenges in his life. David went through sleeping with Bathsheba. And when he slept with Bathsheba, it ended up in lies. It ended up in murder. It ended up in some things that should not have been. But by David going along with it, he was wrong. So his heart wasn't right. But guess what happened with David? David realized once the prophet came to him, he realized what he did was wrong. And he said, I have not sinned against man. I have sinned against God. He wasn't worried about what man saw. Our problem is when we do something, we worry about who saw us. You should be saying, God, that's not right. I'm not worried about who saw me. You know what I did. So David changed his way of thinking, his way of being by crying out to the Lord. This is why he's crying out to the Lord. Create in me a pure heart, God. Renew a steadfast.
steadfast spirit, renew a right spirit within me. So see, you got to understand when you're reading passages of scriptures, why they're saying what they're saying. Some things you do not repeat to try to be like somebody else because they did not have the Holy Spirit. They did not have the Spirit of God dwelling in them. The Spirit will come upon them to do a work for God. And when you go back to the, through the scriptures, you do see how when sin was so bad, even dealing with Abraham then, Abraham, he was righteous before God. He was still in right standing with God. Yes, he messed up with Hagar, but his heart was still there for God. So we look at Ezekiel. I'm going back to how that heart had to be changed. God knew that the only way that their heart could be right before him, they had to give, he had to give them a new heart. So in Ezekiel 11, 19, it says, then I will give them one heart. And I will put a new spirit within them and take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. A stony heart is a dead heart. That means if something is stone, it's not alive. But he said, I'm going to give them a heart of flesh. I'm going to give them a heart that has life. So this is what, see, this is how loving God is, y'all. This is how merciful God is. Even through everything that they did, God is still looking out. For his people and saying, you know what? I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a new spirit. So how do we get this new heart and this new spirit? Through being born again. This is John chapter 3 verse 3. And I'm going somewhere. John chapter 3 verse 3. Now we know this is Nicodemus. And we know that Nicodemus, he was a ruler and he was talking to Jesus. And the funny thing was Nicodemus was talking to him at night. Why was he talking to him? Sometimes we don't want nobody to see what we're doing. Sometimes we want to come to Jesus, but we don't want nobody to know we're coming to Jesus. Sometimes we want to come to other churches, but we don't want nobody to know that we're sneaking into other churches because we need some help, y'all. See, we're worried more about people than we are worried about pleasing God. So this is what Jesus told Nicodemus. Nicodemus thought, "How I have to go into my mother's womb a second. Can you imagine Coming out of a wound and having somebody put you back in there? No, that ain't right. So he said, Jesus said, assure, Jesus answered him, amplified, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you that unless a person is born again, a new from above, he cannot ever see, know, be acquainted with, and experience the kingdom of God. I want y'all to grab hold to that. Some people are telling people that They have experienced the kingdom, that they are born again, but they have not accepted Jesus. So you have to be careful. You can't even be acquainted with it if you're not born again. Now, here's the scripture that we use all over the place. Even before we preach the good news. Y'all know Romans 10, 9. Romans 10, 9 and 10. We use this before we even give them the good news concerning the kingdom of God. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. I'm going to stop right there. You have to understand that everybody that confess the Lord Jesus don't mean they're saved. When you confess the Lord Jesus, you believing in your heart, you're confessing that Jesus is God. 
That's what confessing the Lord Jesus means, that you're confessing that he's God. But everybody that confess that, that does not mean they are saved. I'm going to prove it to you in scripture. When you look in the word of God, and it talks about, um, I believe it was in Mark, the first chapter. It is in Mark, the first chapter. There was a man, Jesus um, was preaching the gospel all of a sudden, this man with the unclean spirit, Mark 1, 23 through 24. Now, there was a man in their synagogue with the unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Do you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. He confessed it. I want, I want to break this down. See, even a demon, an unclean spirit, Know who he is, the Holy One of God, God himself that has come in the flesh. So he knew this, he confessed this, but he's not saved. So just because somebody confessed this in front of you, that does not mean that they're saved. Let me give you another example. Go with me to Acts 8 verse 13. We're talking about when Philip. Philip began to preach the good news, the gospel concerning the kingdom. And we know that was people that believed. And it says that there was a sorcerer. His name was Simon, a Simeon. And the people believed in him and thought he was actually sent from God or God because they believed in what he was doing. But when the gospel come in, when the gospel came in, they had a change of heart. And they turned from him unto the gospel now in verse 13 it said then Simeon himself also believed now listen at this it said that he believed catch it and when he was baptized he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which was done how many people do you see in a congregation that say they believe y'all hold on to it now, in verse 18, check this out. This is when Peter and them came in. Simeon, Simon saw that the spirit was given to people when the apostles laid, placed their hands on them. This is the power of the Holy Ghost. So he offered the apostles money saying, give me also this power so that anyone on whom I lay, place my hands, will receive the Holy Spirit. Peter said to him, you and your money should be should both be destroyed. May your silver perish with you because your thought you could buy, get, obtain God's gift with money. You can have no part share with us in this work in ministry. Since your heart is not right before God. Now the Bible says that he believed. He was baptized. But when he saw them laying their hands on people and they receiving the Holy Spirit, he wanted that so he can get some money. He was offering them money to get that gift, right? He said, change your heart. Why is he telling him to change his heart? Evidently, he wasn't saved. So you got to catch this. Everybody that confess don't mean that they're saved. Turn away from, repent of this evil thing you have done and pray to the Lord. Maybe he will forgive you for thinking this, the intent of your heart. For I see that you are full of bitter, jealousy, the gall of bitterness. And then it says, and ruled by sin and bondage to wickedness, unrighteousness. 
So see, everybody that confess that Jesus is Lord don't mean that they're saved. Because your confession is supposed to be coming from the heart. Some people who confess that, oh, I'm going to get deep with this today. Some people that confess that, that don't mean that they're born again, y'all. So you have to be careful. This is why the word of God said in 1 John 4, 2 and 3. This is how you can know, recognize God's spirit. Every spirit, teacher, prophet, claiming the inspiration from the spirit who confesses and knowledge that Jesus Christ came to earth as a human in the flesh is from God. Now check this. Remember I said that unclean spirit said that he was the holy one of God. So he was confessing that he was God. This is why you need discerning of spirits to know which spirit they are of. I remember we were um, doing a deliverance when we was in um, the home. And it was this girl that was um, a lesbian. And she said she didn't want that lifestyle no more. She said she was saved. She believed Jesus. So as the girl was delivering her, she recognized uh -uh, her heart is not right. So she was doing the deliverance and she was saying, it's getting ready to come up. It's getting ready to come up. But all of a sudden the girl began to hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just, just praising God. God is good. And we was getting happy. It was like, praise Jesus. Praise. She said, "Uh, -uh." she said, that spirit is trying to fool you. See, you got to know the difference. Everybody that say, I'm going to get there too. So, the Bible says if they confess that Jesus come in the flesh as God, then we know that that spirit is of God. And every spirit who refused to say this about Jesus, confess and acknowledge Jesus, is not from God. It's the spirit of the enemy of Christ, the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and now is already in the world. So this is why we have the Holy Spirit to help us to know the difference. Now I'm going over all of this. I'm just laying a foundation because I'm going somewhere with it. When we look in Luke 6.46... But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Anyone who confess with their mouth, confess Jesus as Lord with their mouth and believe in their heart that he died, he was buried, and he was resurrected, they're supposed to be saved. Because confession from the mouth is coming from the heart, right? But it says that, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say. So if you're going to call him Lord, Lord, you should be doing what he says. The Bible says in James 2, 19 through 20, you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? What does that mean? That means that if I'm believing that um, he is my savior, that I am born again, and I'm making that confession, then I'm going to live according to what I'm confessing. You're going to live according to what you are confessing. Any scripture that you're quoting, you should be living that scripture. You just don't quote a scripture just to say, I'm quoting the scripture, but your lifestyle is adding up with what you're quoting. This, what I'm seeing in today's world is, I am seeing what? Lukewarm. You got to be hot or cold. 
You can't switch just because, you know, my family is having a cookout. So it's going to be okay to get up there and party hearty with them and just tell the Lord to forgive me. No, your heart ain't right before God. Y'all, this is a heart thing. You don't scraddle the fence. You don't put one foot over here in the world and one foot over here for God. And then you decide which one you're going to act like today. Am I going to be for Satan today or I'm going to be for God today? It ain't no in between. You see too many people saying they know Jesus, but they're doing too many worldly things. It don't line up. The heart is not right. When your heart is right with God, I don't want to get ahead because I want to bring it all out. And the reason why God want to bring this all out is because some of us Christians, I'm going to those hearts too. Matthew 12, 34. Y'all know this one. Broader vipers, how can you be in evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. So we know out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speak, right? Whatever's in our heart is going to come through our mouth. Whatever's in our heart is going to come through our mouth. So we look at Romans 10, 14 through 15. Now, I I should have put that one in there earlier to let you know that how can a person believe if they haven't heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? So, in order for people to believe, they have to hear, right? And how can you hear unless it's not, until it's proclaimed to you? That was why I was going over Romans 9 and 10. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Some people go through the drive-thru, are you saved? Yeah. Why do they do that? You ain't even giving them the gospel. The good news, if they say no, so you're going to hold up the line and begin to preach to them about Jesus. That don't make no sense. So the gospel has to be proclaimed. The good news has to be preached. And you have to know the good news of the kingdom to proclaim it, to preach it. You just can't say, well, come on now, just confess with your mouth. Which, what? How can they believe something in their heart and they haven't been told? So you got to get it all out. You just can't think, oh, I want a soul today. I just gave them Romans 9 and 10 and they confessed it with their mouth. Okay. Well, what they know about Jesus? What they know about the blood that he shed on Calvary? Well, I didn't get through all that. I just asked them what they say. They said, no. I said, repeat after me. This is why it's a lot of lost souls out there. Because we're doing things half-heartedly to say, look, look at me, look what I've done. And you don't stop there. Once you do proclaim and you give them the good news, the gospel concerning the kingdom, you got to send them somewhere so they can be taught. You got to send them somewhere so they can be taught how to be a disciple. You cannot leave them to they, to themselves. So we got all that. So the next thing that I want to talk about, if you are born again, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, yes, you did receive a new spirit. Yes, you did receive a new heart. The spirit and the heart that you receive is of God. It is from God. This is the part of you that the enemy can't touch. I want you to follow me. 
Because the spirit is the real you. That's the part of you that got born again. Your heart is full of God's love. Your heart is full of God's goodness. It's full of God's kindness. It's full of God's mercy. Everything in your heart is full of him. Because when you got born again, the love of God is shed abroad in your heart through the Holy Ghost. But why is born again people acting like heathens? I'm going to tell you why. Remember, you have the heart of God. But the reason why, remember I told you with the heart being the physical heart that pumps blood, when that heart get a blockage, your body ain't acting right. Your heart being spiritual has everything it needs to flow out of you. But it cannot flow because there are some blockages. Those blockages are unforgiveness, they're um, hate, there's offense, there's jealousy, there's envy, there's pride, there's strife. All of those blockers are stopping the flow of God from coming through. And they're not being dealt with. I was reading another article. There was this um, beautician. She had her own shop. And she allowed her friend to come in the shop with her. And not only did she allow her friend to come in the shop with her, both of them were Christian women. She allowed her to bring her children because she didn't have nowhere to take her children. So both of them Christians, they're in the same shop. The children were in the shop. Now the, the first lady that owned the shop, she was the type of person that loved to keep things in order and loved to keep things clean. The second lady with the children, they putting stuff all over the floor. So the first lady, which is the owner, she's smiling through it, smiling through it, even helping taking care of the kids when she could smiling through it because they're friends and both of them Christians. And that's the Christian way, right? I want y'all to follow me. That's the Christian way, right? You smile through it. Come on, give me a smile. Smile at me now when you're cringing. She was smiling. Even babysitting the kids. And a shop getting worse. So one day, they went somewhere shopping. And the lady that had the kids, she wanted to, her and her husband were separated. And they was working on getting reconciled back together. So she went in a lingerie shop. And she wanted to buy some nice lingerie because her and her husband, you know, they were going to have a night. Anyway, she was in there with the, the owner of the shop. And she didn't have enough money to get the lingerie. So she asked her friend, the one that's smiling. She said, could I get some cash from from you until tomorrow? She said, oh, I don't have it. She said, okay. Guess what? So when she went into the bathroom, the owner, the one that said she didn't have it. Because she's born again. Because the spirit of the living God is in her, because she has the heart of God in her, she felt so grieved about her saying what she didn't have and she had it. So all of a sudden conviction come upon her and she began to repent and say, God, forgive me for acting that way. What happened? She built up. All of this on the inside of her because she didn't go to her friend and tell her how she felt about those children tearing up her shop. 
So she was building up bitterness to her, towards her friend because she just smiled her way through it. Let's just stop right there. How many of us smile our way through something that we know we don't like? And when you smile your way through it, you're building up offense. You're building up bitterness. You're building up hate. You're building up some things that should not be because you have the heart of God. But that's what the enemy wants you to do. Why did he want you to do that? Because he don't want the love of God to flow through because he's about hate. He's about death. He's not about life. So he want to put some blockages in your heart to keep that river from flowing. So after she repented and cried before the Lord, the first thing we have to recognize is we have to ask the Lord, search me. If you're truly born again, you ain't worrying about nobody else. Because when you stand before the Father, Elohim, the most high God, no, El Elyon, the most high God, Elohim, the creator. It ain't going to be about Miss Deborah. It's going to be about me. I have to answer for me. I have to answer. Why did you have offense in your heart? Why did you have unforgiveness in your heart? Why did you carry these things in your heart when that's not my nature? So after she repented and cried out before the Lord, guess what? She went and bought everything for her friend and told her friend what had happened and said, you don't owe me nothing. That's the heart of God. Oh, we got some problems in the church. We got some problems in the church. It should not take people, not even a day with the heart of God, to say, forgive me for what I said. Forgive me for what I... Shouldn't take that long. Shouldn't take that long. I can't stay in the house. Let me tell you what happened to me years ago, y'all. I ain't ashamed. I, I, I said this before. Someone hurt me to the core. And it hurt me so bad that I was so hurt when I would walk the road. I didn't even want to pray no more. I didn't want to hear. I, I just, just cut my ears off to God because I knew. If I opened myself up to God, I knew what he was going to tell me. So I just did that. Maybe a week I did it. But guess what God did? Finally, I said, this ain't right. Lord knows this ain't right. I said, God, you got to help me because it was turning into bitterness. I didn't want to look at him. I didn't want to say nothing to them. I didn't want to be around them. It got to the point if they wasn't even here no more, it didn't matter. And I knew. Why do y'all think I give you all of these teachings? Why do y'all think I come behind the pool? Because I know what people carry in their heart because God shows me your heart. Even when you're... Okay. So when I allow God to deal with me, I say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm through with what they done. I want you to deal with me because what they done has turned me into someone that I'm not. God, that's not who I am. I am a new creation in Christ. 
All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And God, I'm harboring bitterness on the inside of me. I'm harboring unforgiveness on the inside of me. God, I'm even harboring rejection. And when I begin to cry out to the Lord and say these things, it's like something just lifted. Now, did it just leave all of us? Mm -mm. I had to take time day by day by day seeking the Lord, staying before the Lord, getting in my word, allowing the word to get into me. Come on, because I was a total different person. And I knew it. And the Holy Spirit showed me who I had become. So I had to change my way of being and my way of doing. And guess what, y'all? I could still preach to you. You know why? Because God said, I see your heart. I know that you want your heart right before me. And you're not trying to hold the bitterness. You're not trying to hold the resentment. You're not trying to hold the hate or anything. And people ask me. How can you treat people like that and they don't treat you like that? Because I have the heart of God for real. Because I don't block the heart of God. I see people the way God want to see them outside of what they're doing because I remove the blockers. If you don't remove the blockers, you will never see people for who God want them to be. I hope somebody learning something. So if you are truly saved and you haven't apologized and you're keeping unforgiveness still in your heart and somebody always have to come, I should not have to keep coming to you saying, that's not right. You know, that's not what the words, you should be in a place in your life with God to say, search me, Lord. Let's read the scripture. Everybody familiar with Psalms 139, 23? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. That's the New King James Version. Search me, O God, and know my heart. God knows your heart. He knows when you're putting on. He knows when you're smiling and he knows when it ain't right. He knows and you know too. Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. We have to do this because sometimes we get so deep in what we do. We think we okay. We think it ain't us, but people are seeing that, smelling that stench all over you. They're seeing that you're not right, even though you think you're right. You should not even wait on somebody to apologize. If your heart is right with God, you apologize, and even when you ain't done nothing. That's the heart of God. So let's get into what's happening. I'm going to give you a scripture in Ezekiel 8. I went over this years ago. Remember how they were in the temple and they were putting things in the temple, in the chambers of the temple that should not have been put in there. And God knew what they were doing, but they thought God didn't know. So I'm trying to tell you, God know what you're doing. Even when you think God don't know, he know all of this unforgiveness. 
He know this bitterness. Matter of fact, I want to set up some here. Let me read this. Then he said to me, Ezekiel 8, 12, Son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in the rooms of his idols. For they say, the Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. So they're saying, the Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. See, when the temple was built, it was chambers that was built on the outside of those temples. They were using those uh, chambers to put stuff in those chambers that was needed for worship. But what they were doing, they were putting their idol worship stuff in those chambers. God said, that's not right. This is what we're doing. We're putting stuff in us. Hate, bitterness, jealousy, offense unforgiveness, gossip. We're putting all these things in us in these chambers and it's blocking God's flow from coming through. And until those things are moved, God cannot flow and move through you the way he need to move through you because you're holding this stuff. Rejection, animosity, come on. It's all about me. But the more we stay in the word of God, we will see these pop-ups. We will see things that pop up in our lives. That, and we need to quit saying, they made me do it. No, you did it because you wanted to do it. Right. Y'all remember I told you when me and my husband would have disagreements and I would talk to God about him. But if he, he said, get your butt out of it. That means you're going to be held accountable. You don't come in here and tell me what he done. You do what's right. If he never do nothing, you do what I'm telling you to do. How can you say, Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? So I had to get myself together and go apologize. Even when he didn't apologize, I still had to do what was right. And after I did it, I went right back before God and God had to work with me again. Was my heart right when I did it? Yes, it was. But did it hurt when he didn't say something? Yes, it did. So I had to let God mend my broken heart. I had to let God bind up all of my... It's some issues in the church. We're trying to go out and we're trying to give people what they need, but our heart is not right. So they were putting stuff in these chambers. You can put so much in chambers over the years, they become strongholds. They become fortified walls that is hard to break down. Because you're looking for people to come at you a certain way and they're not coming at you that way because you are wounded. If you've been wounded for years and you have not taken the word of God to uproot those wounds, to cover those wounds, to take care of those wounds, you're bringing your baggage somewhere else. And as long as people are looking up to you, as long as people are kissing on you and loving you, you okay. But as soon as you feel like you're rejected, now you're mad. Your heart ain't right. You got to go in there. You got to take the word of God and you got to deal with these blockers that's stopping you from being who God called you to be. It ain't going to be a one day thing. Of, come on, anybody can take a feel good pill. How many can take a feel good pill and it feel good for that day? 
But how many know you got to take another feel-good pill for the next day because that wear off? Hump, come on. Then when your body get used to them feel-good pills, you got to go get another one. Because they ain't doing nothing for you. Or you take double doses. I'm going somewhere. You need to be double dosing with the word of God. Every day you need to be double dosing with the same scripture. Keep double dosing. Keep meditating on that scripture. Keep saying, God, you said. God, you God, and not man that you shall lie. Neither the son of man that you shall repent. Have you not said it? Shall you not do it? Have you not spoken it? Shall you not make it good? God, you said you shall supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Now my needs are supplied because that's what you said. God, you said I am the healed of the Lord. So my body is the healed of the Lord. So body, you come into alignment with the word of God. Because God is not man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not said it, body? Shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it? Shall he not bring it to pass? God, you said it. So every day you got to take those pills. Not just one day. But every day you got to wake up. And say, God, this is what you're saying to me today. But are we doing it? Come on, you can't just take a scripture. And then go back and think that you're going to befriend somebody you don't like. God, I need to be highly medicated for that one. So I got to be in the word. I got to meditate on it day and night. I got to get up way before I go to work. Because if you're having problems on your job, you got to get up way before you step in on that job. And say, God, this is the day that you have made. I shall rejoice. And I shall be glad in it. I don't know what's coming on today, but it's already written. So prepare my heart for this day that I'm in. And no matter what comes up in this day, God, I'm already taken care of. Why? Because the favor of the Lord surrounded me like a shield today. I got favor with you, God, and I got favor with man on today. No matter which way they come, God, I am dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. I'm abiding up under the shadows of the Almighty. I will say unto the Lord that he is my strength, that he is my present help in the time of trouble. No evil shall befall me today, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling, because you have charged your angels. All around me to keep me, to guard me in all of my ways today. You haven't seen the righteous forsaken, nor the seed begging bread. You are my shepherd. I shall not lack. No, not in one area on today. What are we doing? God, I'm going to hide the word in my heart so I won't sin against you today. Is the word hidden? In your heart. The Bible says. Proverbs 20.27. The spirit of a man. Is the lamp of the Lord. 
searching all the inner depths of his heart. God searches your heart. And he lets you know what ain't right. So we have to, oh, y'all, I'm telling you nothing but the truth. We got some Christian folk trying to teach other people holding on to a fence. I love you, but. Ain't no but in love. Because God's love is unconditional. That means my love ain't based on what you do or what you don't do. My love is just because God is love. We got some issues. Proverbs 18.8. Listen at this. Amplified. The words of a whisper or talebearer are as dainty morsels. They go down into the innermost parts of the body. That's gossip. When you look at a dainty morsel, you're chewing on that thing. And it's going down deep because you're tasting that. When somebody be gossiping about you or said something about you that should not have been said, it creates wounds on the inside of you. And they go deep. They go, they're planted in your heart. And when they're planted in your heart, you got a wall up. I'm watching you. You hurt me, but you won't do it again. So you won't even know really the heart of that person when they have said, I'm sorry. Because you've been so wounded and you won't let God deal with that wound. No matter what they do and no matter what they say, you still looking at them the same. That's not God's love. Because God's love laid down his life for you even while you were still a sinner. So if we're in God's love, I can say, Teresa, I forgive you. But it's taken me a little time to get over you. But because of who I am in Christ, I truly forgive you. But God is still working with me. We forgive because he forgave us. And if we can't forgive, we truly don't believe he forgave us. When God forgave us, he put it in the sea of forgetfulness. Women, I have to say, why do we go down the road of the past? Men, how is it that women go down the road of the past? They can remember when, where, how, and what you had on. Why is women still on the road of the past? Because you ain't let it go. Anytime you got to crucify your man morning, noon, and night, some of you doing it over laundry. (laughs) There you go again. You've been doing it ever since I married you. Don't you know how to do laundry by not bitterness of the heart dealing with laundry? Y'all laughing, but it's true. Some of you men holding against the women. As long as I've been marrying you, you still can't boil water. (laughs) It just disturbs me. What's wrong with you? Done build up bitterness over a boiling pot of water. It's, It's true. Have you ever thought about, I ask you this. I don't know about y'all, but I'm gonna talk about me. Have you ever caught madness for no reason? Anybody? Help me, evangelist. 
Help me, Apostle. Have you ever caught madness for no reason? Come on, somebody. Have you ever been sitting there and all of a sudden a spirit of madness come over you and you like mad for no reason? Have you ever stopped to say, Jesus, what's it? Come on, somebody. I'm real. Lord, why am I feeling kind of mad today? No reason for it. Why am I feeling mad? My husband ain't in the house. It's just me and the dog. Why all of a sudden I'm feeling mad? I need to stay right there. Because we got some mad folk up in here. The spirit of madness come upon you for no reason. Don't let nobody come in now. The husband catch it, but the one on the phone don't. Hey, how you, I'm doing good. How you doing? Husband come in. Hey, what? Spirit of madness for no reason. So what do we do in those cases? Stop, drop, and roll. Stop, drop, roll. Lord Jesus, this ain't you. This ain't your nature. This ain't how you act. So God, you got to help me with this one. Show me what's going on with me. He'll show you. He'll show you. He'll show you what to do, how to clear that thing up. Come on, y'all. This is real. We got to know how to handle things. And we got to handle them according to the word of God. It ain't always the person. It could be you. It could be what you're harboring. It could be what you have put in the chambers of your heart. You're harboring some things. You haven't gotten over some things. You're always telling people, you hurt me. You did this to me. You did that. You still hurt. Because nobody don't want to hear it no more. So that means you still got to deal with some things. You got to deal. Wait a minute. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Some of you not saying nothing. You got silent madness. You smiling. Just like that hairdresser was. Mm-hmm. See, I had that too. I had some silent madness. When they demoted me and then wanted my money that they took from me. Took my money. Now you asking for some money? You must be crazy. I had a silent madness where I saw myself strangling them. But because I was born again, because I have accepted Jesus, he showed me my face and then he showed me scripture and I'm digging in that pocketbook as fast as I can to give them that money. That's the difference between being saved and being unsaved. Saved folk, you have no excuse. Because if you have the Holy Spirit, I do not think the Holy Spirit will let you go all day with offense. Not unless it's been there for centuries and you ain't dealt with it. So now you want to keep it to yourself for a little bit while longer. I want to stay like this for a little bit while longer. I ain't, I ain't saying nothing. They're going to have to come to me. They know what they done. They know what they said. Duh, they ain't done nothing but say, hey, how you doing? How can you be offended over that? Because you were always offended. Why they look at me like that? They ain't been speaking to me. Why all of a sudden they're coming up to me and hugging me? Oh, did you hear? 
You must have heard. Heard what? Don't be lying. You heard. You heard I cussed that person. You cussed somebody out. Now you're lying. You know Miss Deborah told you what I done. Offense. It's in the church. How to get rid of the hidden chambers. Let me show you some scriptures on 2 Chronicles 29, 16. It adds up to Ezekiel 8. Then the priest went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it. And brought out all the debris that they found in the temple of the Lord to the court of the house of the Lord. And the Levites took it out and carried it out to the brook of Kidron. Look at there. When it was in there, they had to get it out of there. God is telling you today, you know what's in there. You need to get it out of there. With the word of God. All of you Levites today. All of us Levites today. Because if I'm bringing you the word of God and I'm telling you what's in the house, you need to go in there and get it out of there. That's up to you. You're the temple. You're the temple. You got to go in there and get it out of there. They knew it couldn't be in the house of God. They knew it couldn't be there. I'll give you another one. Psalms 32, 5. Well, Nehemiah 13, 7 through 9. Y'all remember old Nehemiah? Nehemiah was crying out because of the walls being torn down. And Nehemiah went through some things to get those walls built back up. This is where Nehemiah's heart was. It wasn't all about Nehemiah. It was about the people. So when Nehemiah left and he came back, old Tobiah, Elab, Elab, is that his name? He went and allowed the devil to stay in the house of the Lord. He said, and I came to Jerusalem and discovered the evil that Elaps had done to Tobiah and preparing a room for him in the court of the house of God. Oh, let's stop there. We're giving the devil room and it's in the soulish area. That's where those chambers are. He can't touch the spirit and the heart of God, but he can touch the soul where those chambers are. So you cannot, the heart of God can't flow through you because there's a blockage. So Tobiah was in the house of God. And it grieved me bitterly. It should grieve you. Because the Holy Spirit is grieved. When you're carrying a load that you shouldn't be carrying, the Holy Spirit is grieved. And it grieved me bitterly. Therefore, I threw all the household goods of Tobiah out of the room. Then I commanded them to cleanse the rooms and I brought back into them the articles of the house of God with the grain offering and the frankincense. Come on, somebody. Come on, when you cleanse with the word of God, the word of God will cleanse you. Guess what? Then the flow of God will come through you. Everything we need, God has given it to us, but the devil say, I'm going to put some blockers in your way. I'm going to make you feel like you're not saved. I'm going to make you feel like you wish you hadn't been saved. I'm going to make you feel rejected. I'm going to make you feel offended. I'm going to make you feel jealousy and envy. I'm going to make you feel all of these things so you won't do what God has called you to do. But thank God for Nehemiah when he saw it. He said, got to go. So he threw it out. He threw it out of the temple. I'm asking you today, what are you holding on to? 
in your marriage, with your children, with the church, with your job, that you have put blockers in the way. So the spirit of God, the heart of God can't flow through you and you live that abundant life that God has given you. See, until we can acknowledge. Now, this is the key here to get rid of the, the stuff that's there. We got to acknowledge it first. David said in Psalms 32, 5, I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said I would confess my transgression to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. We have to acknowledge what's going on with us. This is one thing I don't like. If you're going to ask me, Pastor, forgive me. Huh? For what? How can I say I forgive you if you just come to me and say, Pastor, I want to use this for an example. God rest his soul. Brother John, I'm going to tell y'all something. Brother John had a, um, how can I put it? A road to travel. You know, and, and I think he taught some of the things that he went through in his life. But the thing was, the enemy had him fighting against me. The one that was there to help him. And he told me, he said, I watch you because I was waiting on you to mess up. See, it's a lot of things people think they know, but they don't know. So I was being watched and I knew what the Lord was doing in Brother John's life. And he and I'm not talking about something he didn't already talk about. I knew some of the things that God was doing in Brother John's life and how deliverance needed to take place with Brother John. But what was happening, pride was in the way with Brother John. He didn't want people to know that he was being delivered. He wanted people to think that was God. It was a God thing. So people were following Brother John like he was the pastor. They were looking up to Brother John. So the Lord had me to do a skit. And I had Brother John to play the part with the skit. And Brother John was acting out. It wasn't real. And Brother John told people it wasn't real. They say, you lying. Because see, they were made a fool of. Because they were up shouting. Praising God through his skit. They didn't know the difference. So they didn't want to look bad. So they told Brother John, you lying. You know the spirit of God was on you. No, it wasn't. So God was proving to people. You better know the difference. So through the road that me and Brother John traveled and how Brother John was watching me, waiting on me to mess up, and how people were coming to Brother John and people were coming up against me with Brother John. All of this I knew, but I didn't stop loving Brother John. And I remember when Brother John was at his weakest state, weakest state, me and my husband, which people didn't know, we were going forth, back and forth to Clinton, helping Brother John, doing whatever we need for Brother John. One day I sent Sister Nisa over there for Brother John, doing stuff behind the scene people didn't know about. Taking Brother John out to eat, and I remember one day we took him out to eat. He was in the car, and because of the medication he was on, he said, ooh, I love this car. Me and my husband looked at each other. I love this, I love this Escalade. Brother James, when you get this Escalade? He said, Brother John, I've been had it. You drove it. I ain't drove this. 
So anyway, we knew what was going on with Brother John. So we got out the truck and he said, I said, come on, Brother John. I had him by the arm. Why are you taking me by my arm, Pastor? I can walk. I said, Brother John, I'm going to help you walk in this restaurant. Leave me alone, Pastor. I said, okay. Brother John started doing like this. Pastor! So we had, Brother John got to know I wasn't his enemy. Like people thought I was. Or he thought I was. So I remember one Sunday, no matter, y'all, how bad Brother John felt. Brother John was in this house. He came in my office, could barely take one step in front of another. And he looked at me and he said, Pastor, with tears in his eyes, can you forgive me? Already knew. Already knew everything that was done to me. And he, he told me I was not the person that people said that I was. But I never tried to be anyone else except who I was. And me and Brother John had a, a bond. We were talking. He would tell me different things and I would encourage him. And I, two and three o'clock in the morning, right, honey, phone ringing. We talking. We having a bond. I didn't leave Brother John even though I knew what had happened. I didn't leave him. Why am I saying this? Because... He was confessing. He was getting it right. Y'all see, when you don't know over half of what's going on, then I had another member. Before they left this world, they called me, I already knew. Can you forgive me? I felt like you were putting this one before you were putting me. Still talked to him, still called him, still was there for him. Let me tell you something about the heart of God. My husband, no. If y'all knew over the half that I put up with and I go through with different people, I shouldn't be standing here today. But what I don't do is I don't treat them like they treat me. If they lie on me, they just lie on me. I let the lie play out. Because I know what the truth is. Because God said, vengeance is mine, I shall repay, says the Lord. So I ain't got time to be knocking on doors. Please forgive me, please forgive me. I didn't do it, I didn't do it. I just lift them up to Jesus and I let them go. And when you know your members, you know when something is off. You know when something is not right with them. So I confront my members and say, hey, what's up? Is there a problem? What's going on? Let's talk about it. Now, if I'm coming to you and you're still not telling me there's a problem, I've done my part, but I cannot let that go through the church. That's what we're supposed to be doing. See, when you got the heart of God, you don't let people you love go out any kind of way because they're representing him. There is no excuse for sin. Sin has been dealt with through Jesus Christ. When you let sin have a foothold, which is the devil, he's going to go all the way. He's going to bring everything else in with him. If you don't deal with the fence, he's going to bring some strife. If you don't deal with strife, he's going to bring jealousy. He's going to bring envy. He's going to have them lined up at the door and say, once I get in, I'm going to bring all of you in. And then you got a bigger battle. So that's why when you have alt against somebody, you go to that somebody and say, maybe it's me. 
But we need to talk about this. I felt when you said so and so and so and so, you were addressing me. Let's talk about it. And then if they tell you, no, I'm sorry you felt that way, but my mind was nowhere on you. You should let it go. Not go back out and say, see, they lied. They told a lie. (laughs) That's because your heart ain't right. And you ain't letting God deal with your heart. And we need to quit these little patterns. I always tell people, don't go tell nobody you're sorry. A godly sorrow, don't go back to the same thing. Don't tell nobody you're sorry, and then the next day, you're going right back to the same pattern and acting foolishly. So to get rid of these things, you acknowledge these things, and you allow God to deal with you through these things. Your mind has to be transformed and has to be changed through the word of God. The only way you can make your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, your reasonable service, your act of worship. Y'all, this right here, I'm, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is grieved because we're not in the word. When you're in the word the way you need to be, when you put the word in you, it's digging up what's in there that ain't right. It takes more than just one time to dig up a root. You got to keep putting it in there, putting it in there, putting it in there. And you know what? You don't have to tell nobody you change. They're going to see your change. Have a change. What you asking me for? You should know. And you shouldn't be worrying about what somebody else feel or what somebody else think. You out to please God and not man. Y'all, we need to strip ourselves. We need to get rid of, the Bible says get rid of all um, bitterness, all malice, all wrath, all envy, all strife. He said get rid of these things. You have been created in the image, the righteousness of God. Put off the old man and put on the new man. In Ephesians, what, the fourth chapter? You got to put off and put on. And you do it through the word of God. So when your heart It's not portraying who you are in him. There are some blockers there. If you can't love your husband the way you used to love your husband, you got to have emergency heart surgery. If you cannot love your brother and sister, come on, some of us need some triple bypasses. Open heart surgery. Because we know what we're holding. And God didn't tell me to bring this for no reason. It's still more to this. It's still more to this because we got to understand. We don't kill ourselves. God don't kill us. We kill ourselves. Because whatever his words say, it says. And it's carried out. That's why we have to be so careful. When um, Minister um, uh, Frida Hagens came up here and she talked about um, Ananias and Sapphira, they killed themselves because God's mercy was already there. But they choose to lie. That's what they chose to do. And people that choose to do something they don't have to do, You take God's hands off of you. You bring death to yourself because God is a good God. He is a merciful God. They were amongst the believers. 
We have a lot of people amongst us that truly have not given their heart over to God. They have a divided heart. Oh, we're going to talk some more about the heart. Because until we get our heart the way it needs to be in alignment with the word, we're going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Some people are so prideful and don't even see it no more. Because that's their makeup now. They think they're right when they're wrong. Some people are so stubborn. Now y'all know why Moses said them stubborn, stiff-necked. Because their heart wasn't right. They made Moses, I'm just paraphrasing, cuss. <laughs> but why am I saying he cussed? Because when God told him to speak to the rock, he hit the rock. <laughs> people bring stuff out of you. And I'm going to tell you, it's a good thing. Because if they bring something out of you, you say, oh, Lord, Jesus, have mercy. I need some help. He said, I already given you some help. I, give, I gave you my word. I'm giving you what has already been written. Now I need for you to go into the word and allow the word to get into you. So we have to get in the word, y'all. And the reason why we don't see people in the churches who are born again coming together, the more it's because of our hearts. This is why I always say, give from the heart. When your heart is right before God, it will be just like in the book of Acts. Those people had land, they had um, land, they had stuff that was theirs, and they sold it. And they laid it at the apostles' feet. So everybody that had need could be taken care of. When our hearts is right, nobody have to tell you what the word has already said. Nobody don't have to beg you or do anything. You will do it because your heart is right before God. Because you have his nature. You're not afraid to give. You're not afraid to love. You're not afraid. Why? Because you're allowing the heart of God to flow through you. So Miracle Temple, it's time to examine ourselves. It's time to check ourselves because we don't want stuff running through the house. And we don't want to hold on to stuff. Some of us are holding on to stuff from centuries. That you said you have gotten over, but you have yet not gotten over it. You're just living through it. But let me tell you something. I see an atomic bomb. When I said that, I saw an atomic bomb blowing up. We got some people that's been carrying stuff against one another for years. And some of the stuff that you're carrying didn't actually come from that person. It came through the years. Now that person or people are getting something that you haven't dealt with over the years. When you know who you are in Christ... You ain't worrying about who talk to you or who don't talk to you. You ain't worrying about no cliques in church either. People have cliques in church. Them right there always round the parcel. Let me clear that up. They all right always around us because they ask, where y'all going to eat at? Do you ask me? Hello, somebody. Well, what, where y'all going? Well, I don't know where we eating today. My husband and brother Willie say, don't go to Olive Garden. We don't want no Olive Garden. Y'all going to Olive Garden today. That's where we want to go now. 
So if you want to be a part, just come on, join in. We do it on Sundays and we do it on Wednesdays, bless God. Catch Evangelist Newton and Deacon Newton sometime in the loop. We do it on Tuesday night. Where y'all going on Tuesday night? Just ask. You have not because you ask not. I ain't no special person. I'm just like y'all. People just want to sit down and eat and have fellowship. What's wrong with you? They ain't going to talk about us. Every time I turn around, sister niece and brother Willie with them because they ask. Willie be waiting. Just like a little child. He be waiting to see where we going, where we going. Because when you have that fellowship, you get to know one another. Sometimes we travel to Jacksonville with apostle. Come on, y'all. It's fellowship. But the enemy puts stuff in people's head, and then when you don't clear up the stuff that's in your head, it ends up going to your heart, and then you tell somebody else, your heart ain't right. That ain't God. Then it's all over everywhere. You see her, you see sister and niece all the time. See sister and niece and brother Willie more than you see family. They are family. See, we're talking about the heart. And God will expose what's in your heart. So to God be the glory. Let's get our hearts right. So we can do what God has called us to do. And guess what? I'm hearing the Spirit say. The reason why some people ain't caught hold to healing. That's already yours. Because it's blockers there. God's healing can't flow through you. Because bitterness is ruling you. Unforgiveness is ruling you. Worry and anxiety is ruling you. But when you let go and let God, ooh, when the power of God come through you, you know it's God. You know it's God. What are you holding on to? What's holding you that's keeping you from getting what God has already paid the price for? Ask yourself, what am I holding on to? Why am I acting a fool? He'll tell you. I know he talks to me. And Lord knows I'll be ready. He be speaking. I'm like, okay, God, I hear you. Let me close that door. So it's time to close some doors. Quit playing church. We don't want no hypocrites. Say what you're going to say. What is it? Say what you say. What is it? Mean what you say. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we want to do. <laughs> Patricia laughing. Yeah. That's it. So to God be the glory. I pray that you learned something from this teaching. The heart. Let's work on the heart. To God be the glory. Do we have any announcements? Any new announcements? Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the Donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.